Wednesday night. Welcome to the Kingdom 101 School of Prophetic and Supernatural Ministry. I've got so many different names for it tonight, but that's fun. <laughs> um, we're going to be changing the name shortly anyway, so that's all right. I am Pastor Lindsay Lee here at Astounding Love, a church fellowship. I think it's a global church fellowship. 1914 Trade Zone Boulevard. San Jose, California, 95131. Our direct out phone number when we're off air is 408-945-4431. No, 4439. <laughs> We've only had this phone number for 30-something years. <laughs> and our website is www.astoundinglove.org. Where there's a couple of buttons that are really great. One of them, I'm welcoming those of you that are joining us on media, whether it's Periscope or by telephone or however it is that you're joining. Also, Twitter. You can uh, push that button to contact us and pose your questions or commentary or so forth. And there may be someone doing commentary. We call that commentator or moderator on Periscope tonight. So we'll find out. And so your questions are online there could easily get to us too. So we're going to open with prayer. Um, I've fumbled the introduction enough so we can just go to prayer. I'm pretty smooth there. And then we'll get into this conversation. <laughs> oh Lord, I've had some wonderful conversations with you today and I'm still hearing the remnants of the, the strains of the song that was just playing. You are the lover of our souls. And that discovery all by itself is sufficient to open up a whole vestige of you know, a treasure trove of exciting explorations with you. What I see with you is this journey into kingdom life is forever. And you are eternal. And we are eternal because of you. Tonight I present my ears to hear and my heart to receive, my eyes to see. And I pray the same thing for all of the people that are gathered together under the sound of my voice, whether in real time or they come later on a rebroadcast. But however it is, that the open heavens and the portals that are always available to us, that whatever anyone needs, they're able to receive tonight. I thank you for the supernatural. I thank you for the prophetic. I thank you for the unchanging, never-failing, never-ending story. That is the love affair that we have with you, with Christ and his cross, with the King and his kingdom, with the Father and his Son. We bless your word, we bless your name, we bless our apostle, Dr. Baker, and all of these lovely people that are here with us physically and those that are uh, by way of other means. We open this up to you tonight to hear from you, to walk with you to talk with you, to embrace you, to be loved by you, to receive from you. And I thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So what we're going to do, pardon me a second, I need to supercharge my thrifty little apple pen in case I need it. Pencil, pencil. What we're going to do tonight, first of all, I want to say thank you to the team of Cardaway and Kemp for their uh, <laughs> amazing filling in last night. I was told by Kemp, a.k.a. Crystal, she didn't want me to watch it, but I did. 
And you should have heard my responses. <laughs> and I also want to thank God. Uh, it was, so it's really the company of Hardaway, Kemp, and Johnson. Because Frederick also chimed in from New York. And that's pretty awesome there to me that we had all of these wonderful ways of media talking. And so I learned some things about the book Kingdom 101 that I personally didn't know. Because when you listen to people talk about things from a different perspective, then it, it, it's like, oh, is that what you're getting out of it? Oh, is that what you see? Okay, this is great. Thank you so much. You know, I didn't know. And so now I do. And I still have more to learn. So I, I was laughing. I said, well, nobody asked when's the book coming out. So <laughs> we're aiming for the end of September. I was hoping it would be the middle, but there's still some uh, things that have to be done. Once all the uh, proofing or the reading is done and it's resubmitted to the final format, the cover, goes on it, um, all of the other stuff that puts it together, then, you know, within a few days, because it's a self-published uh, book, it, it can, once all of the components are together, it'd be ready to launch within like a week. So we're aiming to get everything turned back in by the end of next week, which, look at this gorgeous calendar I was given for my birthday, isn't that pretty? Oh, this is so me. So I'm going to do my best to keep it from being all beat up by <laughs> hanging in my purse. I'm going to have to put it in a plastic bag or something. Anyway, so today is the 4th of, of September. And so let's just say we're going to aim for the 30th of the end of the month. That's, that's the aim. So your prayers and, and encouragement is great. Now, let me talk about that for a minute. I just talked about the book, Kingdom 101, but I'm talking to the people that are a part of this ministry. And some of those of you that are, you know, wherever you happen to be. I'm not the only scribe or writer in this ministry. There are a lot of people that have stories to tell. They may not be things that are going to go on the big market. They may not be the ones that you're going to find at Barnes & Noble. Or, uh, you can always get it on Amazon, so I'm not going to say that. But there may not be those bestsellers. They may not be books that you're going to go on a tour with or, or things of that sort. And they may not ever go to a... a a traditional publisher, what they call a royalty publisher. But it doesn't mean that you don't have a story to tell. It doesn't mean that you don't have something to teach. And so I'm encouraging the individuals that are a part of this ministry to get ready to write. And actually, I'm also going to be inviting you to a training. And um, we're going to build our in-house publishing company, which includes uh, training manuals and all kinds of cool stuff. And I'm even going to give those who are attending this class tonight uh, an invitation to get started on something on a slightly different level. But I want to help you. And we want to talk about what you've written. And we want to talk about what you have to say. And we want to be able to interview you on programs like this and be able to talk about your book and show it to people so that they get that opportunity to, uh, to read what you have to say because God has given you messages. So we'll be talking more about that. But there's all kinds of cool things that we even anthologies that we can do here. But there is no limit to what it is that you can do. And some of you do have chances to go to the whole wide world. And we want to help you to get, get them. Okay? So that's one of the things that you can look forward to. And uh, we'll talk about that some more later. So what we're going to do tonight. into what that entails. So, I have some questions for you. And it's your option whether you want to take it or not. Okay. Since I heard they smile, an expectation that you will. 
okay? And it's to challenge every single one of us. As I was sitting at my computer today, and I was writing these questions down, I thought, wow, we know the answer. Um, but sometimes the answers that you know, you have to pull them out of yourself. Okay, so I'm going to uh, um, ask Diana to come over here. And for those of you that are uh, on media, you know uh, Mr. Johnson, for instance, up and Ms. Lewis. Um, we'll be sending those to you a little bit later. And anyone else that is asking for them, you can simply go to the website. And especially you do want to hit that contact um, us button and just say, would, could you also please send me the questions? that we're talking about. And there's also the lovely assignment, so just keep it on the first page. We're also going to go back into certain aspects of this book. I have questions for you, and Diana, I'm going to be asking you questions since you're here. Crystal is at, uh, attending a wedding this week, and then she'll be back with us uh, a week from Sunday. So the first question is simple. I'm going to read these for the sake of those that are watching. The qu first question, or listening, the first question is how has this course helped you? And obviously, there's no room on this piece of paper to answer these. Okay, unless you have one word answers, which I'm not going to, I will push you for more. <laughs> Second question is, don't look on the back yet. Keep it on the front side. Keep it on the front side. Keep it on the front side. Okay. Number two, what do you know about the kingdom of God? Number three, what do you say about the kingdom? Number four, how are you walking the kingdom lifestyle? Number five, do you have the kingdom mindset? And then the little sub-question, where do you still stumble, balk, or question? Number six, do others see the kingdom at work in and through you? Number, uh, and then the sub-question there, how do you know? Okay. Uh, number seven, what is your kingdom citizen, citizenship status? Number eight, what is your kingdom message? Number nine, what area of society are you focused on changing? And number ten, how will you make your impact? So we're opening it to start volunteering answers to this. Uh, the second slide is just talking about a writing exercise that you're going to do, and we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, because right now, what these questions are saturated. These are the same questions that we actually face weekly when we are in Biblical Solutions for Life. These are answers that speak to how it is that we live our lives. And it actually exposes the weaknesses. And it's meant to do that. This is, not, this is meant to challenge us because we talk about the kingdom of God. And I've listened to people talk about the kingdom of God outside of this place even. But then I look at the things that they're doing and they, the things that they're doing and saying, primarily saying, do not align with the kingdom. And so... One of the things that we try to make very, very clear here is that the message of the kingdom is not a Christian message. It is not the message of Christianity. And it is not um, something that you can simply say that you do and then do anything and everything else that, that you want to do that God doesn't say. It is such a commitment. And it is such a... Um, you know, it's interesting. I'm going to skip pause myself there and go here. That in the first century church and, and other in the first century, whenever people came under a kingdom rule or a dominion, 
whether it was Rome taking over or what have you, did you know that they could not live where they wanted to live? Like you lived in San Jose or Santa Cruz or uh, Antigua, San, uh, San Francisco, Santa Clara, whatever, and you are uh, here, Milpitas, and you opt to, um, my rent's changing or whatever it is, I think I'll move to Los Angeles, I think I'll move to um, New York, I'll move someplace else. They couldn't do that. Because whenever, where, wherever there was a kingdom, dominion, ruling, they had to stay where they were told. They could live within that environment, but they could not simply leave because they heard that there was gold in the hills. Or I'm, uh, somebody I'm marrying you know, lives across the world or across the country, so I, I need to move to be with that person. No, that's not how it works. There were petitions that had to be made, and if, if the ruler said no, then they couldn't go. Now, that's the way that man set that up. God also, but see, man always sets things up to dictate, to control. In the kingdom, it isn't like that. The thing about the kingdom of God is that you choose it or you reject it. Because if you choose it, you choose the message, and you choose the doctrine. And you choose the, the deeds and the, the doing and the saying, the way and the way of thinking. Domination. When kingdoms invaded to take over, they dominated and controlled, or they took the people captive. As you know, this is what we read in Daniel and others. They took them captive and they moved them out of their kingdom. Out of, out of their neighborhood, out of where they were, and they took them captive into Babylon or into you know wherever it was, and they were then imprisoned or impressed. And I don't mean like, oh girl, I'm so impressed with you, but I mean pressed into duties, responsibilities, slavery. You will become. This is you have lost your freedom, is what they told us, and you now are under our not only domain but control. And so it was domination. That's not what the kingdom of God is like. And he is the original kingdom. And he set it up. And he never set it up for that. Now, the contrast is that when you look at, let's put it in quotes, shall we? Christianity or any other religion, many times they're based on the paganistic uh, set of, of thinking, which is... Uh, Really, they wrote it in 20th century in what, what uh, Antoine LaVey did in, in the book of Satan or whatever it was called. Um, do whatever you, I'm paraphrasing, I'm not quoting it precisely, but whatever you feel like doing, do. Do it however you want to do it. We don't, and, and it sounded free. Oh, we don't put any rules on you. You do whatever you find to do, you just do. The truth is that that was the bondage of it. It wasn't the freedom of it. You could do whatever you wanted to do except believe in Jesus Christ. You can do whatever nasty, filthy thing you want to do. But when you come talking about Jesus or God, the true God, then we have a problem with you. 
because what you're trying to do is to be invasive on our freedom. So what we're going to do is control yours so that you don't mess with ours. And that's when the gloves come off. And that's when the pretty face comes off and the ugly face starts to show. Okay. So that is not, and so when you talk kingdom to those that have any concept of these things, or you talk about the kingdom advancing, or you talk about the the changing of the atmosphere, the perception, just as what Dr. Baker teaches on Sunday, about how the pagans thought that the Christians were freaky wrong, crazy, because an invisible God and lots of blood and this and this and this. When we talk about the liberties that we have and the blessing of being a part of God, but our power is superior to theirs, to the place that we can cast out demons, or we can change the atmosphere so that the demonic that has ruled must flee. Then the demons get in an uproar. And the people who do not know that they have the actual authority and right to control or to command the spirit obey the voice of the darkness and do what it tells them to do instead of telling it. That's the controversy of the kingdom of God, that we are actually free. And not only are we free, but we are empowered to enforce our freedom. And we have the power to help anybody else that wants to get free to get free. And they don't have that. And they say, well, our things are stronger than yours, but when we release, the power of the, uh, and the authority that we have as such into those atmospheres, they're not able to do what they usually do. The, uh, the, the seers of that realm, the, the, the ones that they call mediums or trans, uh, they go into these trances, but the, these spirits don't work while we're there. And that causes a problem for the demons. They don't say much while we're there, but when we're gone, that's when the chatter. And, and, and it speak or it starts. And if we, as we understand, no, I'm going to tell you now, you be silent and you won't speak about me or this or that. You won't be able to do thus and so. And they're stopped in it. And they say, by what authority? By the authority of the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the power of it. By my authority as a citizen of this earth, which you are not. And my citizenship in heaven. Well, the gloves come off. And so do the masks. And so on. That's why the question, uh, do you have the kingdom mindset, is very important. Can you stand in the face of that? Can you stand when the criticism and the mudslinging and all of the negativity? And the people start cussing you out like they're drunk. If you've ever heard a drunk cuss people out, it's pathetic and it's sad. And it can get very guilty. You know, or somebody that's under the influence, and they are, they're under demonically inspired that influence. So every filthy thing and can you stand it when if you have not settled certain things, they hit your doorstep. And you show up. What's your sore spot? Anything that is in us 
that we or that we feel uh, aligned with that is under Satan's domain. They'll get you there because they fight dirty. You know what I mean? So those are some of the things about the kingdom uh, that the Holy Spirit wanted me to say. And so it is. So then again, how does this course help you? It's going to be something that you can write about. Um, how do you know, what do you know about the kingdom of God? Because honestly, when I listen to people, um, the things that they say are like, okay, but what, how, what do you know? I'm asking, what are you intimately acquainted with? What, not, not what your head knows. I'm not interested in quotes. But life. Why? Because that, because you know. I didn't ask the simple question, where is the kingdom? Because you know it's inside. But how is it now? And so those are, those are some of the things. What do you say about the kingdom? What do, what do you mean, what do I say? Because that's the question that's going to come up. People go, I don't know what you mean by this. Don't concern yourself with what I mean by it. I ask you the question. You answer the question the way that the question hits you. And this is what you mean by your response to it. If I want more information, I know how to open my mouth and ask. So don't try to insert, how, does, how is she, how is she at, well, how, what does she mean by this? No, no, no. Holy Spirit, what do you want to say about it? Don't try to get in there. You understand what I'm saying? Don't try to figure out well, what do I mean by what? Because there's, there, I'm not looking for, okay, that was wrong. What you, that's not it. No, you, that reject you. That was in you. But you know nothing. <laughs> that's not what's happening here. Just look, you know, push the button. <laughs> Goodbye. No, that's not what this is about. It's more of a personal assessment. It's more, you know, you ask a question, and depending on how we hear it, we're going to answer it with what we heard. And I've had many conversations where they go, well, that was a great answer, but that wasn't my question. Okay, then your question, ask it a different way. Sometimes we ask the question, and we're still formulating what it is that we want to know. So you'll respond to the part that was said, but sometimes, and this is what I've been learning to do, that we all are learning to do. Have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. What are they saying? This is what they said. What is it that you want them to know? That's how I choose to answer questions. Well, you didn't quite answer my question. Then you need to ask God. You see? Or clarify, or do whatever it is. So, uh, those are some of the things. We're going to get into something else, but before we do, comments, questions, feedback. Starting with the woman in the blue and white striped shirt. <laughs> I don't know why we put that mic so far from you. It should already be on. Um, I think this is uh, a great way to wrap it up if you're looking at the whole another level because these are challenges that make you think about what have I really It's going to take a while. In fact, I will, I'll tell you when we start with this. Okay. You have time, especially since you have a lovely writing assignment. Um, I really, really like my calendar. <laughs> all right. Um, <clears throat> this is the fourth of September. You have all this month. You have another question. Okay. You have all this month to do this. All right. And actually, we won't be getting the new thing until the 28th of, or, or the, uh, the 
third, Wednesday the 30th of October. One of the reasons is because I'm going out of town. Yes. And um, I don't see any point in starting something new, but it's going to take us that long to wrap it up because now you can flip it over to the other side. And then Diana's going to ask me a question. So. Um, on the other side is the fun side. It says assignment. Write a 10 page study guide booklet on the kingdom. Write it from the perspective of a tour guide. Your components include, now include means it's not limited to. Alright? An overview of the kingdom, how to find it, what it's all about, a snapshot of the kingdom benefits, and an invitation into the kingdom. Those are some of the components. And if it use a minimum of five scriptures per section, the title page doesn't count towards your page count. <laughs> okay? And then I said this, you're welcome. <laughs> because well, what are you going to do? Do you have to fix it up and go to the... Dr. Baker, when we were doing our ministry training years back, we had an assignment to write a booklet on what, why do I have to die or something along those lines. And so we had to go through all these different changes and take it to, you know, get it bound and, and stapled and, and all that kind of stuff. And that's a great exercise. I think that this is an opening, like I was talking earlier about our publishing um, and things that we want to help. We want to help people to produce. We can take it up a few levels so that you can actually create something more. But this gives you a taste of it. Make it a picture book if you want to. Make it a part of a video book if you want to. I still need the written, but you can add to it. If you want to do a podcast or a teaching that, I, that you've done and you recorded and that's something that you want to add to it, you be as creative as you want to be. You want to come from the legal perspective? Come from the legal. You want to come from um, arts and entertainment about the kingdom? Do it. Okay? Whatever it is that fits you. There, all I ask is 10 pages. If you got more, talk to me. That means you got a book and we can work on that. Okay? Do not give me like a real big picture of a crowd and say, this is the key. I did not say a children's book. If you want to make illustrations, do it. Okay? If you can write five sentences underneath that with a scripture that explains it to your satisfaction, then you do that. However you want to do it. You want to use a, a, an industry, construction, or cleaning, whatever it is. You are free to do it. That's why I think you'll love this assignment. And you have until um, October. I, I'm going to ask for them before I, I, I think by the 19th, or I'll, I'll give you an idea. Questions? You want to ask me questions? Write to me. New York, do it. You know, um, if you're in uh, the East Coast, do it. Whoever, even those of you that are not typically here with us, if you want to do something like this, again, I've given you the contact information and I'll do it at the end of the program, go for it. It would be so exciting to see what you come up with. The message is the kingdom. The Bible is our, uh, our resource. Okay. The Bible is our resource. And you're going to talk about the kingdom. You want to talk about the whole kingdom? Okay. You want to talk about just an aspect of the kingdom? Okay, you're a tour guide. When I go to tour, uh, different things, depending on when you go, they say, this many days it takes to see the whole thing. So you can pick the southern end or the northern end or the upstairs or the downstairs or the back or the field or, you know, um, or, you know, whatever it is. When you when just came back.
got from your tour, and you didn't see everything. It was impossible to see everything, so you had to pick a tour that that was what was, and the components of the tour that you wanted. You're the tour guy. So create a tour to demonstrate. So that's what the assignment is. And we can talk more about it a little bit later. Yes, ma'am. down your question a bit. So the first part, and you might need to come closer because I don't know that they heard you over the phone. Um, the first part of it is the importance of having blood in the earth. Yes? Which makes us a legal citizen. Which makes us legal citizens. So how does that, and the scripture for that is John 3, where Jesus spoke to Nicodemus and said, man first must be born of, of the womb, the water of the womb, and then he must be born again. So he, in that moment, he said, you must first be born of this earth. That's what he's talking about. So there's the requirement for it. And then born from above of the spirit. So physically you have to be born here. And then spiritually you have to be born from above. Wow. Okay, so how how does it make somebody an illegal citizen if they don't have blood on the earth? Well, I guess I'm trying to understand. I, I, I don't even know that I'm answering well, or asking correctly. No, it's okay. Let's just look at that. All right. Number one, remember that, and we've seen this, when Jesus, after his crucifixion, after the cross, when he came, you notice, he did not feed or heal anyone. He, he could come through the door, he could, he could tell them, hey, there's already fixed supplies, and he could do all of that, but what he could not do anymore was what he gave us to do. That's a big answer, if, if you understand. Uh, let's look. Let's go to... Uh, I think we're going to go to the book of John. Um, go to John chapter... 20. John 20 talks about um, after when the women are going um, let's get something else when the women are going to visit him, right? And they, they're going to the tomb. So it's the first of the week came Mary Magdalene um, Diana, you're going to get to read it. So. Okay. So the first of the week cometh Mary. I'm reading verse 1. Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, unto the sepulcher, and she sees the, the stone taken away from there. And she runs and comes to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and said unto them, They've taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we don't know where they've laid him. Take it up to verse 3. Go ahead. Yeah. 
John 20, verse 3. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloth lying there, yet he did not go in. And Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloth lying there. And the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded together and placed by itself. And the other disciple, who came to the tomb first, went in also, and he saw and he believed. For as yet they did not know the scriptures, that he must rise again from the dead. Okay, good. Now, go over to here in verse 11. It starts with Mary crying, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. But it says that, um, verse 12, go to start from verse 12. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. And when she had said that, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, and did not know that it was Jesus. Okay, stop. Now, what just happened? What just happened? It says she saw him, but what? She did not recognize him. Now, why is that? A glorified body? Mm-hmm. Why is it? Just, just make that a question. Okay? Just make that a question. Why? Why was that? Holy Spirit, why? Why didn't she? Okay. Now keep going. Jesus said to her, Why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say teacher, Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. Okay, stop right there. So one of the things when I looked at this word, it said she didn't know. And it said she didn't see him. She didn't see that it was him. So something had happened. One of the things, I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here, but do you know blood recognizes blood? Humanity recognizes humanity. When you've looked in the spirit realm and you come across uh, it, 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 certain things that you see, there's always something that says to you something's not quite. Many of you have seen angels or you've talked or had encounters. And something when you're in the spirit realm lets you know, hmm, it's not quite the same as what I meant, right? Her eyes were not yet open to see something from a different realm. He's still him, but as he said, I haven't gone to the Father yet. 
So unless the veil is taken away for you to see me in this state, you're not going to see me as I am because he'd already begun not to be the lamb that they remember. Does that make sense? He's not what he used to be anymore. You think about when you've been changed by the power of his blood or by the word that comes from God. The transformation that starts to take place within us can change us physically to the place that sometimes people go, oh my gosh, it's you. I didn't even recognize you. Right? Now I'm not telling you this is doctrine, but as I'm looking here, I'm listening to hear what he's saying. But it says she didn't see that it was Somebody that she knew, somebody whose feet she washed, someone she's wept over, someone she prepared for burial, and she doesn't see that it's him. Well, what's missing from him, one of the things, is he no longer has, he said, I have not yet descended to my father, but go to my brother. See, he, he, right now there is brothers. All of a sudden there is brothers. Not his disciples. Something's happened. Go to my brothers and say to them, I ascend unto my father and your father, and to and my God and your God. So something is happening with his appearance. They're having a spiritual encounter because the earth blood is no longer in him. He's no longer what we would call a... Uh, uh, He's always, he, he, he has his humanity. Jesus is, 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 is man. He's God and he's man. He, he's not going to, he didn't, uh, he's the firstborn of many brethren. He's still, that's why we are like him. So when people leave the earth, we're like him. Am I making, I, 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 okay. Um, we're like him. I get it like that. I like the word. What he's saying is, I proved what I said to Nicodemus. I'm born first of the earth. I came to bring and preach the message of the kingdom. And I proved that the truth of the word, what, what, what the Father has said, that his word and what he established in this earth, that I am empowered to speak what he says and get his results. And because I have his faith in his word to do what he said to do and expect his results, it happens. I am authorized as a citizen of the earth to speak the words of the kingdom in the earth and have them manifest in earth as in heaven. As a citizen of the earth, I can act as a citizen of the kingdom when I am in right relationship. Are you following me? What I'm saying? As a citizen of the earth, I have, you have, we have, as those, when we have the born from above relationship, the blood wash relationship, the covenant, legal covenant. Uh, transaction 
has now come to be a part of our life. What do I mean? Well, what he did at Calvary, what happened when his blood spilled was the fulfillment of a contract or a, a covenant that he made with God and the fulfillment of the promise to Abraham. Jesus and God walked that walk in Genesis. That's why it was a smoking furnace and, and, and it, it was, uh, you know, the, the fire and so forth. When they walked that walk and, and it said the horror of it, the wonder, the awe, the, 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 the in the fear of the Lord. All these things. The Holy Spirit was there to seal it. It was Father, Son, and Spirit that were all present at the time that that walk of blood. That's why it was the importance, if you will, in Genesis. When he cut those uh, animals and split them in two and that blood had fallen to the ground, the blood of bulls and goats that he said was not going to satisfy the cry that Abel's blood, as man's blood, had said, when will I be vindicated? When will this happen? And to answer, even for what had happened with Adam, to say, this is what it's going to take. It's going to take blood in order to get my people back. And at the time of that, that was the covenant. Now, the Bible says that the Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world system. Okay? But the covenant was made in the time of man. And it took a man that would believe God to the place of willingness to sacrifice his own son, which even though Abraham had not yet done that, it was in him to do it. And when the covenant was made, I think it was the enabling for Abraham to have the faith to be able to, let me just say this, if you were there out in the middle of the desert in the middle of the night or whatever time of day or night it was, and, there, and it was probably about the same time that Jesus was crucified, that's my guess, I cannot prove that. Um, I took some about possibly it's written and I just haven't seen it. However, if you happen to be in a deep sleep and you wake up and you see a smoking furnace and all this stuff walking between trails of blood of animals that you yourself had slain, and you see all this going on, and one day he says, bring your son, your only son, and take him and sacrifice him to me, and he understands that through this one my seed will come, then you understand that there is a capacity for believing in resurrection power that has sprung out of Abraham. If he can do this, he can do anything. If he can get me so full of vim and vigor, I'm not, I can impregnate any woman around. If he can bring life back to Sarah and, and so forth, I, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Whatever he wants, I'm in. Are you, are you following me? So that what happened? A man in the earth, Abraham, and his son, a father and a son, together release the faith in the word of God that you could take your son and um, offer him as a sacrifice upon an altar and believe that God would raise him back to life. Abraham released the faith. Isaac released the faith. And the faith of the Father and the Son in heaven was released to the world. Isn't that awesome? You'll read about it in Supernatural 101. <laughs> I wrote about it, but, but it, it just blew me away. It's, 
Yeah, because man released faith in God. In a time, nobody knew there was resurrection. But Abraham believed against all the other things. This is what Romans 4 is telling us. Against hope, believing. And Jesus came through that. And then they said, if you be Christ, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. That's why I was telling you, that's your DNA. The faith, the capacity to believe that God does the impossible for you. Every time. Okay? So having said all that, there's that walk of blood, and there's that covenant that has been, this is between the Father and the Son, that this is what will be, and at that time you'll be raised from, this is what we claim from the foundation of the world, but by this covenant you also raise, and through this covenant, redemption of man. This will be a legal transaction, and we have a man in the earth before Jesus came to the earth that has been a part of the legal transaction to the place of the shedding of blood and the willingness to do it again if need be, but by his faith, releasing God to do what God already planned to do, had already seen done, that the resurrection power has been released. Faith in God for resurrection, which is salvation. So by the time we get to Calvary, by the time we get to the, 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 the conversation with Nicodemus and the things that he is saying, people are like, it wasn't proven other than, okay, the sign of Jonah coming out of, uh, coming out of a whale. And yes, we knew that there were little instances of it, even men being thrown into a fire and not being burned. There were, there were miracles. There were things that, that God could do by covenant with those that he was able to uh, come upon, if you will, for those moments in time. But we had moved into a place through Jesus where he could do it all the time. Where if it would be people that not only can I um, dwell among them, but once again I can dwell within them. Okay, or I can now dwell within them in a way that's different from what was taking place with Adam in the garden. Here's this new species of being that not only is God within and among, uh, or God among, God with, but now it's God within. So with God within, this is your kingdom citizenship. And while you're in the earth, you have authority in the earth. That is, that's that allows or opens or pulls through the open portal, pulls heaven into the atmosphere in a way that can only be done from here. Because you have an earth body. Jesus did not, in the garden, he didn't have that. And in, in Luke 24, um, he says, my hands, look at my hands and my feet, that it's me. He's telling them, look at it, it is me. Handle me and see, for a spirit has not flesh and bones as you see me have. But he did not say flesh. So there's his body that has now come, and you can touch it, you can handle it, but I can walk through doors. So what do you think we're going to be like in the earth, in the new earth? 
we're not going to get our blood again. That dispensation is closed. And your head goes, eh. I don't know the answer to that because there's still going to be people here. My understanding as I read in Revelation, there's a lot that's going to transpire, but there is this threefold called the saints, you know. So I don't, my theology uh, at this particular moment, I, I, you know, I've studied it to a certain degree, but what I do understand thus far is as he is, so it is. And I think that there are other places to explore. Earth is not the only planet to have me. And we're talking eternity. And since God is not yeah. in the boredom, yeah. I think we've got places to go and atmospheres that we can be in that are never going to affect us because we don't have Earth's blood that we can go. This is why Star Trek, they used to say to go, um, to go where man, no man has ever gone before. But we can do it without uh, the U.S. enterprise. I think that there's so much more that we get to see. Um, I believe that there's a lot of intergalactic travel. This is not doctrine, necessarily. And yet, I read things in the books of the prophets that kind of point you to that whole fabric of space and time and the curtain being opened move into, we're moving into a time-like So we're no longer subject to the confines of the earth. That's why Jesus could go through things and, and you know, we can go through, why, did, why was he able to go through the, the people when in Luke, uh, I believe it is Luke 4, when they were trying to push him off a cliff? But he turned around and walked right through, and they didn't even see him. Why? Well, I think, personally, he either went through a portal, or there was a big angelic presence that the wingspan, the wingspan was so great, they couldn't see. That from the moment he stepped in, one angel stepped in, it obscured their vision, and he just walked right on through. But what I do know for sure is that he, he exercised faith that God would extricate him. His time had not yet come. They could not kill him. Remember, they never could kill him. He gave him. Does that help? I know it opens yeah. up a whole lot more. There's so much in this book, this book we call the Bible. There are stories. And as I said, I'm not going to pretend I know what I really don't. But some things I can get by the Spirit. And so, you know, I'm like, now Diana's opened a question today. I'm going, okay, I know what I'm going to be asking. And, I mean, you know, I, I would imagine or think that we all would. Uh, there, there are questions and things that I want to know. I'll read something and go, well, what is that? And when he takes you on that journey, it opens us up to see aspects of his character. I'm still, the dream I had where I said I had a vision within a dream, and I told you all a little bit about the dolphin and the, the, the way it came, that portal, when it, when I went through that, which I've, I've, I've seen things that I recognize, wow, this is what's in here. But I'm not even 
I haven't even begun to investigate and to discover on the level of what it is that he wants to reveal. You know, you just get that little bit and you're just like, ah, okay, that's all I can take at the moment, you know, because your brain just feels like you ate a lot of ice cream and it's frozen. You know, it's like, you are too wonderful for me, but I do want more of this. And so I, I understand one of my favorite scriptures is when it talks about how the queen of Sheba, or Sheba, depending on how you say it, came to see Solomon. And after she saw all of the wealth and she saw all of the things that he had to see, it said her breath was about lost. And I get that because that's how often we And Holy Spirit, when he's taking us through these things, and I honestly don't think that what I've experienced even would coat the top of a stick or a needle, for that matter. I don't think that I've seen a whole lot yet. And, but I'm excited about the fact that I have all eternity. And I'm never, ever, ever going to run out of things to, look, to learn or to see. And I've got over 5,000 books on my Kindle that I know darn well I will never read in this earth. Do you have any idea how many books are in heaven that we go to the library? I'll never finish them all. Stories about people and, and places and things. And, and the Bible tells us that, that there's not enough ink in the earth to write all the stories. If they told the story of everything that Jesus did. So he evidently did some things. They only wrote the highlights or whatever parts that I think that Holy Spirit said this will be enough because I want them to discover some of these things just by having that relationship with me like you do. Because the men that we read about in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are not the same men that we read about in Acts and in the books that they wrote and the stories that they told and the things that they encountered and the changes that they went through and the crisis that they faced. There was something about God that went well beyond what we think we know and I'm going to come back to my little place where I said, we think sometimes this Christian thing is just a, a, a series of beliefs and behaviors that we incorporate with living life with the rest of the world, coexisting with the world. And honestly, that's a demonic doctrine. To have a little bit of God or to have these aspects of God and you mix them in with the things of the world. The way they talk, the way they, this is one of the things why our apostle is continually telling us, uh, no, you don't call things the same thing the world calls them, you call them what God does. And they have a problem with us about that. And I'll tell you why. It's because I'm keeping it in front of your face instead of adopting your euphemism. When I have people, I've had people in counseling where we slip, what, a piece of soap? Uh... Oil slip? Were you injured? Oh, no, that's not what we mean. Well, what do you mean? Oh, well, we fell. Where did you fall? Outside? Over, in your trip over a rock? What are you talking about? Oh, no, no, we mean, you know, we kind of slipped a little bit of intimacy. Are you trying to tell me that you guys were in sin and you had sex outside of marriage? Well, yeah, but we didn't want to put it that way. <laughs> because it just sounds so harsh. Well, it's what you did. You didn't slip. Nothing fell. 
their snaps, buckles, belts, and zippers. Okay? There had to be some intentional choices mixed up in that whole scenario. So no, you didn't. But to say that is to be, it's just, don't be so hard on them. Uh, yeah, I think you got that wrong. Yeah, quick, oh, yeah, go ahead and say that, because I told him that in counseling. <laughs> he needs to be on mic. That's funny. And any comments that you have, go ahead. He just needs to back away from the uh, control. No, saying But, and that's the thing within, and we'll talk about this in a couple of weeks, but this walk that we have, and I think Sharon has a comment, this walk that we have is too precious to couch it in these terms that are comfortable for the flesh, not to be confronted. You see, the Bible tells us that he... God has specific names, terms, identification, identifiers for the behavior of man. And when we think that it's simply, an, uh, you're just trying to accuse me, or you're just trying to do, no, really, I don't even, I'm not even interested in identifying sin to expose a person. That's the farthest thing from my mind. I'm interested in identifying the bondage and the demonic hold. That's what I'm interested in. Expose the devil, not the people. Because people were like, you know, I'm wrapped up with him, so if you want to stay with it, then you're going to reject what's being said. But if you want out, it's very helpful to know that there are some people that are willing to say what God said and therefore can help you get God's result. Yeah? Um, in regards to the questionnaire, what is a snapshot of the kingdom of Jesus? What do you mean by snapshot? Don't know. What is a snapshot, typically? A picture. There you go. A picture that shows everything? Or a picture that just shows you an aspect of it? It's just a snapshot. It's one capture. You capture one frame. Or somebody else, what does it mean to you? I'll show you a snapshot while I'm thinking about it. Anybody else, you can answer that. When you read that, what, what does it cause you to think? And if there's anybody online that has comments, Diana has her phone. And you can feel free, those of you that have her number, uh, go ahead and text her or, or minister out. Yeah. What do you think it is? I, I think of a snapshot as, um, as an area, possibly as an area in my life or in, the, in, in our walk that, that God has opened up 
building up relationships with family or work participants, but that might be a chance. Okay. So you're just going to take a look. Here's a snapshot of my prayer chair. This is my chair that I pray when I'm praying to you. It's a literal snapshot, okay? But does it show you the whole room? No. No. All you know is I got this cool, of course, pink on pink on pink chair. But there's all kinds of stuff, you know. You can see the tail end of something kind of tapestry I've got hanging above it. And you can see maybe the slightest uh, bit of a, what looks like a table, the size. But there's so much more in this room. This is not the whole room. This is focus on one aspect of the room. And that's all it is. There, this is my office as well as my prayer area. So this snapshot focuses you on one aspect. I don't know if I can see this. Focuses you on one aspect of something that's a whole lot bigger. So if you have something that is like, you know, when I think about the kingdom, I think about just this area. Then you've given us a snapshot of something that's bigger than what the picture has. And your answer also. See, it's, it's not, it's what it, however it is, it's, it's when you're looking at it, you're thinking, ah, I want to do a snapshot. Whatever it is that you literally think will be how you answer the question. Okay. Because I'm not, I'm not holding you to rules. And sometimes that's harder. It's like when I'm driving on certain kind of roads and they have no lines, that's just terrible for me. I really need boundaries. Because <laughs> I'm like... I don't even know where the middle is. <laughs> okay, go ahead. We still have questions. Oh, yes. No, I don't, I don't know exactly what I was thinking when you said what the snapshot. I'm thinking about those old Polaroid, Polaroid snapshots, you know, you could get. That's what came to my mind. Then you hold it up. I said exactly what I was thinking, something like that, you know. Yes, not the whole thing. You don't see everything that they're doing to you that day. It's for a moment in time. It's a moment in time. Basically, that's what I, you know. Yeah. So Many of which we burn when we ask people, would you take that ugly picture for? <laughs> yes. This is from Frederick in New York. Uh, and he writes, as I listen to people talk about snapshots, I'm hearing it as a moment in my life that I can express with others. Love it. Beautiful. Does that help? Huh? Okay. Fabulous. Any other questions or comments? No? Okay. I got that because the Spirit of God showed it 
he revealed it to me. And it was just one of those, as you said, a moment where he just showed a nugget of something and it was like, wow, I never saw that. Right? Because I was writing. Well, that's why I said you'll read about it. I did write about it and other stuff like that. Well, what do you think is going to happen to you? The same thing. You're going to be looking at this and things I've not talked about at this point or time or Dr. Baker hasn't or somebody has, but it hasn't necessarily been um, expounded upon. But you're going to write with those encounters with him. I mean, you'll start off answering the question the way you answer the question. And then all of a sudden it'll be like something that he just reveals to you about the kingdom. Because this book, unlike many books, this book is about you. Okay? This is about you. Even though you're taking them on a tour, you're giving them the, any tour guide. I don't care how much of the, the history and the information that they have about whatever it is they're showing you. It's a boring tour until they put themselves in. This is the pantheon. This is this. These are the umbrellas. See how they sparkle when the light is on them. They plug them in, and this is what happens. Yay. Woohoo. Okay. These umbrellas remind me of the story of blah, 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 blah. Now, because you capture us by the story. We like the facts. But when the story comes, it brings it to the, not only to the believable, but to the tangible. The kingdom can be felt, and it can be seen, because it's within us when we release it. Okay. We, we're authorized here. Um, what I wrote in this part, we're legally, I don't know if Diana read this last week or not, we're legally released from our former identity as enemies of God and children of the devil. Jesus becomes our Savior and our Lord, restoring us to relationship as God's children and the Lord's property. We become, you know, it's like, well, property, that sounds like slavery. No, it doesn't to me. What it sounds like is we're taken care of on every level because it's the responsibility of the owner to take care of their property. And then you can see why healing belongs to you. And you can see why uh, financing, provision is yours. Because the owner takes care of what belongs to you. Last week, Diana, there was something you wanted to read, but you didn't get a chance. Do you still have it? what a kingdom citizen looks like, or walks, or talks, or acts. And they're real um, excellent tips. You can, you can take this particular chapter 
Are you talking about the good Christian stuff? No, I think it was uh, maybe 144. Okay, well, that's just oh, No, no, no. There was about 100 different tips. Oh, yeah. I like the number. And uh, <laughs> each one of them, I'll give it a description of maybe one to two. Uh, a kingdom citizen does not judge or criticize. Uh, um, I don't recall. And I wish I knew each one of them. But that was. Level, then you don't move outside of it. 
But when, and most of the people that I know that call themselves Christians and operate in signs and wonders and miracles, when you talk to them, they actually refer to their sonship. They refer to their citizenship more so. So they may go have that title attributed to them, but their behavior and their thinking is not connected to Christianity and it's connected to the citizenship. So it may, some people may think that means I'm anti-Christian. No, I'm not. Just don't call me one because I don't know what you're talking about. Now, if you refer to me as a kingdom citizen, I know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to live according to your definition of Christian. I'm going to live according to God's definition of citizen. Because we can do that. Whereas Christians, there's so many rules for Christians that God didn't have, they have nothing whatsoever to do with God. And you know, this is, you know, for me, I, I was in a, a thing over the weekend, and I did say this to someone. They were talking about African Americans, and I said, that's why I'm not one. And she kind of looked at me, and I know what you think of one. Oh, yeah, what you think you are? I said, I'm an American. I said, and I'm black. I said, so I don't have to live according to y'all rules. Nobody said anything to me. Go ahead. <laughs> When you think about it, if you say a, a certain phrase, then whoever is saying it, that thing is packed with everything they believe that word or that expression means. I thought you were a Christian. Well, I don't know what a Christian is for you, but I can guarantee just based on the way you said it, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Okay, go ahead. You want the mic? Yes, you. I'm going to give you the opportunity to read what you like. Oh. Okay, this goes back. This is the uh, the chapter that I was hoping to read. It is called The Kingdom Mind in Action. And so what this is is just a real um, sweet overview of how it is that we should be operating. Read some of what, read what, do it. Well, first one, first and foremost, kingdom citizens regard the gospel of the kingdom as the sole constitution and law of life to abide and govern every decision. And kingdom citizens obey the constitution, expecting every written word of the king's example. Amen. Um, 
a kingdom citizen never comes and receives king's presence empty-handed. That took a beat. And for me, that meant to come into his presence with gifts, with offerings. Those that give with expectation that the king return a harvest for everything sown into good works designated by his spirit. citizen is an overcomer, not somebody who's working through it, who's, <laughs> oh gosh, going through it. That's a, that's a, that's a buzz term right now. They're going through it. They're, uh, we're not um, sitting in it. We are an overcomer. We've already gone through it. Uh, I mean, all of these are just so invaluable. The kingdom citizen walks as an intimate friend
there's no reason to want an income here. So we don't pay attention to the things that were that are surrounding us. We we understand, no, we've got supernatural protection. That that one I love. That one I absolutely love. Uh, let's see, what are some of the other ones? The kingdom citizen walks as an intimate friend of God. We that one again. Oh, that's even better. That's better on my my phone and third screen. We've got time for about five more. All right. Okay, number 18. This is for all of us. The kingdom citizen accepts and uses the empowerment of grace to overcome sin, and that's slaves and addictions with him. There's no reason we need to remain where we started. This is this is his grace, and we need to understand that that power is to for us to overcome anything. That one, I think there's there's people who say, "Where are my trials?" Well, and and that's me. That is me because I will say I deal with the sugar thing still, but I have to. You know what? I'm going to take that for me. Um, <laughs> sugar. Oh yeah. Okay. Number eighteen. A kingdom. Well, and you know what? Sugar. It, it could be. Um, could be shopping. Could be whatever. It doesn't have to be a drug. It doesn't have to be an alcohol. It could be something that's really. Okay. And I'm gonna. This is for Minister Al. This one's straight out to you. Number eighteen. A kingdom citizen accepts and uses the empowerment of grace to overcome sin within. So there's no reason. I love this. It's they, a lot of lists. I have a list in this book. Yeah. 168, is it that many? Is it that? Okay, so it's beautiful. Pretty, yeah, and it's not exhaustive. <laughs> a king, oh, number 34, a kingdom citizen functions as part of the ecclesia, the called out governing community of the body of Yeshua. So many of us have this idea that the government is the people that we put into office and absolutely um, that is false. We are to be the governing community in the earth for spiritual. For spiritual, but we need to step up and take our place. And a kingdom citizen walks in super. Ooh, yes, number thirty-five. Kingdom citizens walk in supernatural power and authority. So if we have the supernatural power and authority to speak to those things, we're not subject to the things that are coming against us. They are subject to us. If we can get that, we can really, I believe, change things. Do you know why I said spiritual? No, I don't. Okay, so think about you. think about when you deal with things in the spirit realm. What realms does that then affect? Oh, okay. And actually, when Judge Connie joins me on what is it, September eighteenth, we'll talk about that because that gets into the core of the things that we do legally in the spirit. Realm. Okay. Two more. I understand. Okay, thirty-eight. Write this one down. Kingdom citizens walk in unfailing love, knowing no man after the flesh, but after the spirit. Do not get your feelings hurt. <laughs> That's the flesh. Yeah. Um, know them after the spirit. We may not like their personality. We may not like their tone. We may not, whatever. It doesn't matter. We know them after the spirit. Ah, let's see. A kingdom citizen is concerned that all nations receive the message of the kingdom. So it's not about... Us in this house, it is people out there. That is our job. 
and number 41, the kingdom citizen treasures and obeys the words of the king. You do that, you can't go wrong. That's the encapsulating statement right there. Number 41, the words of the king. Everything is about him. Do we have any final questions? Yay! Thank you. I did, and 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 uh, I I just want to do a little plug. <laughs> Get the book. This is like I said, as I said last week. You pair this with the Bible, you're unstoppable. And I just oh, want to say that. thank you. Thank yeah. God. Yay! Number 48. Oh, number 48. <laughs> <laughs> Speaks in the language of the spirit. Build up your prayer language. Yeah. Look at that. That's that's power. All right. Yeah. I won't speak in Christian. Just say Pardon me? Okay. Well, all right. I want to, as we're closing down, I want to ask a question. All right. It's the questions that I've already given to you all. But now even through this discussion, you see the distinction that we're not giving a bunch of rules and regulations. I have been, uh, I have Christian experience of sorts, and I know that much of what we were taught was also to modify our behavior. You see, I, I, I went, I, like I've said many times, I came into Christianity on the behavior modification point. So I was always trying to be good. And that's why I write about the good Christian, because I was, yeah, that, and I learned to be really good as a hypocrite. But that's because I wasn't being changed in the heart. I was simply trying to change my behavior. And that's not. But the kingdom changes the heart. And as we believe what he says, our behavior, our deeds are changed. They begin to conform to what he says. So, um, number one, how does this course help you? Sure. But um, how are you walking? This is question number four. How are you walking the kingdom lifestyle? Wherever you see you're stumbling or you're balking or you're questioning, power of grace comes in to help. And honestly, it's submission and repentance. Repentance is really big. I don't talk maybe as much about that as I think I, I can yet, but the thing is is that when I change my mind, and it's kind of a plug for biblical solutions for life as well, but when I change my thinking, my mindset, my whole, the source of my thought, then I'm going to get different results. And if when God becomes my only source, or his word becomes the source for my thinking, then I'm going to get his results, you see. And I'm going to change. Everything about me starts to change. The way I see people, the way I think, instead of seeing them from that natural eye, I see him them from his perspective. Why is that important? It's important because when we see each other from God's perspective, we stop seeing each other with limitations. I look at people in a natural setting, and they're so limited by the last encounter I had with them. In my mind, you know, because my brother called me a clown, he's just gotten that much shorter, so... I see him, but I don't have the same respect level for him because of the insult I perceived when he gave me. 
that's a not true what I just said, but but as an example, because we used to have that where you would say things like that to me. But um, but do you, oh you've been forgiven. But do you understand what I'm saying? My last encounter, he called me a clown. How dare that buffoon <laughs> call me a clown? All right. So what happens in the next encounter? I still see that guy that has short judgment that called me by a different name or misjudged me or doesn't know me. He's so goofy. He doesn't da 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 da. And my, I increase his limitations in my mind. So when God says, but I want you to pray because he's meant to go here and to do this and to do that, it's like, him? I don't think so. Because he and all of the negatives begin to shorten my perspective. My vision is not clear. It's distorted based upon thinking about him naturally. Whereas God said, I, I have plans. I want to send this person. I want to send her. I want to send you, whoever, all these places. When you and I uh, balk at what God is saying, we're doing it because we're thinking, he's speaking from his ability to do what he says he wants done, and we're thinking from our inability, from the place of limitation. So how are you uh, walking the kingdom lifestyle? What are your excuses as to why you can't? Because when you get them, just put them in a little bag and burn it. There are no excuses. So those are the things that we want to say tonight. Um, I'm sure we have lots more to say next week. We'll pick up and we'll talk about something else. But as you can see, this is going to be a beautiful segue into kingdom life. I think that's what I'm calling it. Um, or something along those lines. Because with me, it's always going to be kingdom. And it'll have more, even more interaction. Because I believe you all have something to say. And maybe this is not going to be your platform to say it. But it, it, it's, you know, we, we try to make uh, opportunities for it for you. And... There's so much talent, there's a wealth of knowledge and, and, and gifting in this place that I just find it very exciting to see what God's going to do. Do you have anything you want to finish up with? <laughs> I don't want to. I don't. I'll turn your mic on there. I just want to say thank you personally for this. Because after reading this, this has taken me to a different place in God, in um, in the Lord, and and inside. So if I can have this sort of as I want to say as a resource in conjunction with my Bible, there is a lot of places that I can tackle that I wouldn't have been able to before. Yeah, I probably have about two hundred scriptures. <laughs> At least. It, it, it's so. It's so. Um, it's so compact and so concise and it's so powerful. And it's. Um, I think I. I would have to say it's necessary. Okay. I like that. It's necessary for us to walk in the kingdom. So as we're finishing up these last uh, five, six weeks of Kingdom 101 or eight weeks, whatever number of weeks it is. I'm going to challenge each person that watches this or comes to class to be bigger than you've been. 
to challenge every thought that says, I cannot, or they cannot. Challenge yourself with the way you think about others. And see if it lines up with the way God sees it. Challenge yourself with the things that you insist must be. To maybe raise up the level to the uh, place of what God says he wants to do. Find the fallacies in your thinking. Find the mistakes. And start laughing. Because everything is circular. And learn your identity. I didn't put that in there, but that's, you know, that's a, it's an important question, I think. Do you know your identity? Really? And I don't mean quoting a bunch of scriptures. Because when you quote scripture, you're not speaking the word. You're quoting. But when you know, everybody else does. Which leads me to, this leads me, and I was just going through this, this is a perfect segue for this. Number 60, a kingdom citizen lives by every word that comes from the spoken and written word of God. That's it. That's it. So that's our challenge. So you, we are here at 1914 Grade Zone Boulevard. San Jose, California, 95131. Our phone number is 408-945-4439. Our website is www.astoundinglove.org. You can press the contact us button for your questions or comments. You can hit the donate button to sew into or make trades, um, tithe or whatever it is that you're, you're doing in terms of giving. You can come on Sundays at 9.45 a.m. and 11.45 a.m. for Biblical Solutions for Life with our own Apostle Dr. Baker. And then on Tuesdays, her program starts at 6.30 p.m. And uh, it, it, she's talking kingdom life. She's talking life when the world, uh, the changes that the world can experience when the kingdom of God manifests. So I'm Pastor Lindsay Lee. This is Diana Cardaway who has joined us. And I want to thank you for joining us here at Astounding Love, a church fellowship, a global work. And uh, until the next time, I think Diana has to, or somebody has to turn off the thing, because Diana usually does Now I have to go to the other side of the camera. Because she's going to turn it off. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you all so much for joining us. The Lord does bless you and keep you. He causes his face to shine upon you. He gives you his peace. And everything that we do here, even in the offerings and the prayers that we pray, because we seek the kingdom of God first, that we have great expectation of manifestation as the sons of God. So thank you until next week, and we say goodbye. Good night. And we can bring the tithes and, and the seeds forward, and then uh, I believe they were prayed over last night, so we bring those into agreement with what was spoken. And you are dismissed. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Can yeah. I get the phone? bringing these, and Lord, yeah. we thank you. We can hold those up. Let them take us down the hall and go Father, we thank you for the seeds that have been sown. We thank you for the blessings of the Lord that you heard in our house. We thank you for the increase that, comes to, that has come to this house. And we thank you that it is a tangible, physical, viable work of you. And we bless you and praise you for
Amen. Thank you for calling in tonight. Thank you for joining us. Please join us again on Sunday at 945, where our own Dr. Baker will be teaching us on biblical solutions for life. And uh, you don't want to miss it. Have a blessed evening.